Hi, and welcome to the Mikdash Within, a project of Orpanimi. This is Saratova Best. Okay, we're near the waterfall again, so hope the sound is good. Um, here's a little story. When I was growing up, when I was a child in Montreal growing up, it was known, or we believed, that the Quebecois population that we were surrounded by in Montreal, they, their favorite diet was Pepsi-Cola and May West cakes, these kind of white round cakes with chocolate stuff in, around it and inside. <laughs> so if they would ask each other, Ben, what are you going to have for lunch there, Law? They would say, Ben, Pepsi, May West, that's all. And we used to have this as a joke, you know, what do you want to eat? Ben, Pepsi, May West, that's all. Law. So we used to wonder as kids, how long can you survive on Pepsi, May West? Law. Right? How long can you survive eating Pepsi and May West? That was our question always, because we knew, you know, you have to have a proper balanced diet and good nutrition. How long in the world are they going to survive on Pepsi May West? So now let's switch to Lahavil, <laughs> the base of Migdash. Yesterday we spoke about the, the chamber of the firewood, where the firewood was, was checked. What was done with it after it was checked for worms? So if we see ourselves going into the base of Migdash, the first place we come to is the women's court. And then we walk through, we walk up some steps, and we walk through the gates of Nicanor into the Azara. The Azara. And the gates around the Azara, there were many. There were about four, four on, the, on the southern wall, four on the northern wall, a couple in the back, behind the Kaidisha Kedashim. The third gate on the left side, on the southern wall, was the gate of firewood. This was where they brought the wood in, after it was checked. The wood was chopped in the forest of Lebanon, which was outside the base of Mizish. It had no connection with the country of Lebanon, except that a lot of trees... A lot of these kinds of trees grew in Lebanon. And then these trees from the forest of Lebanon were checked. This wood was checked in, as we said, the chamber of firewood, as we said yesterday. And then the wood was brought through this gate to be put on the Mizbeach. So that's the piece that we want to say about the base of Mizish. The wood that's checked in that room in the Ezra's Nashim, in the women's court, is then brought out and around and into the Azara through the gate of firewood and put on and used on the Mizbeach. So there is a tradition that when the wood was being checked and it was being checked for worms, one of the criteria was that a strong sun, a hot summer day, was needed to shine on this wood and on these trees, and particularly on this wood, to make sure that it didn't get wormy. If it was too moist, because it was already colder outside, and there was rain, and the... And the sun wasn't strong enough to burn out anything, 
then it would be wormy. So it was a tradition that until Chaf Av, until the 20th of Av, the sun was strong enough to burn out, to heat up the wood, so that it wouldn't have worms in it. After that, not enough. Now, why am I mentioning this? Remember I said before, how long can someone subsist on Pepsi May West? That's all. Pepsi, bad Pepsi May West. How long can you subsist on Pepsi May West and Lahavdil? How long can you go until the sun is no longer strong enough to burn out anything that might, any moisture that could cause worms until Chafav? So, what does this have to do with our struggling youth? Our children are all taught the entire Tyra in utero. And they emerge really probably perfect. With the whole Tyra having been learned, downloaded into their neshama, their subconscious, perfect situation. (laughs) And you see their purity. And then research tells us that age zero to six or seven the brain wave that's most predominant in children is theta and delta, which is the hypnotic brain wave, which means whatever we're taught becomes our truth. We can't really filter it out. Whatever we're taught becomes our truth. And our chinuch in the early years and our in utero chinuch are definitely strong enough to keep out the worms, so to speak, that can crawl into people's mindsets, our conscious and subconscious mind. After that, after age seven, that's when it starts to get a little dicey. And in fact, I once read a story of a woman who wasn't even really Jewish, And she said, I knew, because of brain research, she said, I knew I had quite a uh, lively child and quite rebellious. And she, excuse me, she said, I knew that I had seven years to put into her whatever I could, because after that, she would start fighting me. I had seven years to just cram in everything that I could. So what happens after that? The question is, is the in utero chinuch and is the early chinuch powerful enough, strong enough to sustain them, to sustain our youth as they go through the more difficult teenage years? And what can we do to foster to keep the power, the strength of that chinuch going? So it looks like believe it or not, it's not a question of giving the kids more information. They have enough, they have the whole pirate downloaded into them anyway. They have enough information in them. They probably don't need to hear more information. Now the key becomes making it incredibly pleasant. Making it incredibly pleasant. 
So if all the associations with the Tyra that they've been taught are good ones and pleasant ones and nice ones and joyous ones and fun ones, then all the stuff they have embedded in them just wants to come out and become their everyday reality. And if not, if it's painful, God forbid, then somehow it tends to get more locked inside and doesn't seem to want to emerge as much. And therefore we understand, you know, some, according to a classical point of view, um, when you think about camp, you know, 200 years ago, kids were sitting and learning all summer. Okay, maybe, I don't know, they played a little bit, but what's this business about going on roller coasters and all of this? Going to camp, you go to the amusement park, you go some, what is that? It's not because you need a break from Tyra, God forbid, but rather because the joyous, fun quality that's associated with it gives the sweet taste and pulls the sweet taste out of all of the embedded Tyra learnings that they have and makes them want to live it. So our hurrah for ourselves is, as parents of teenagers and young adults, we want to make the whole experience really pleasant for them. Somehow, I guess we want to tell them, they have enough information, by the way. We want to tell them, hey, you're doing a good job, you're great, you know, how are you? And just somehow make them feel like, hey, you're a great guy, you're a great girl. So that they should want to let the embedded Tyra come out. Again, it's not a question of having more and more information. Don't you know what Tyra says? They know what Tyra says. But do they want it to come out? And the key to that is the tasty, delicious, joyous approach that we use and that we transfer to them and that we speak to them with that seems to be the one that unlocks that storehouse of Tyra and makes it theirs. So in answer to the question, how long will that in utero chinuch last? It's designed to last forever. It's not like Pepsi Mae West. That one's not, can't, can't last too long on Pepsi Mae West. But the in utero chinuch is designed to last forever. We just have to be smart about how we speak with our children and how we approach them. And the smarter we are, the cleverer we are, the more joyous we are, the more we build them, somehow, the more, the more it all comes out and everything comes to summation. And these kids end up, please God, being the leaders that bring the whole world to the third base of music. Thanks so much. Please call me at 347 Seven six two seven seven zero eight for any coaching and healing work and support in dealing with struggling struggling teens and struggling youth. Thanks so much.